I grew up, I'm a child of the Cold War. I grew up in Budapest. When I was six years old, my parents were arrested for the crime of being good reporters. They were jailed for writing the truth. At a time when Russia is alleged to have manipulated the recent U.S. presidential elections, the author, journalist, and American Academy trustee Cotty Martin returned in January to present her latest book, True Believer, about intervention by Moscow in the highest reaches of the U.S. government. The book tells the story of Noel Field, a brilliant Harvard-educated State Department employee searching for justice in the world. With a reporter's eye for detail and a historian's grasp of the cataclysmic 20th century, Martin captures Field's riveting quest for a life of meaning that went horribly wrong. When I started on this project uh, four years ago, I had no idea that in 2017, the the subject of, uh, of Russian uh, manipulation of American policy would be such a relevant one. So this is um, misfortune for, for our country, but great good fortune for book sales of, of True Believer. I'm being slightly facetious here because I, I deeply regret that Putin had a role in our election, but it's not at all surprising. And anybody who reads my new book will will find a lot of historic precedent for um, for what Moscow is doing now and, and, uh, and did then, which is to try to manipulate um, events in Washington at the highest level through infiltration. We've begun a new era, and anybody who um, thinks they know what's coming is hallucinating because we don't. We have uh, a man in the White House who has uh, no experience and no specific ideology. He's not a Republican or a Democrat. He's Trump. Now, I am deeply, deeply um, concerned about what Trump is doing to the media. The press honestly is out of control. The level of dishonesty is out of control. It's all fake news. Fake news, fake news. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Sit down. Singling out the, the media for abuse and very personal abuse. This harkens back to a dark time in our history, in in Europe's history. I have a strong feeling that history is too important to be left to historians, which is why I choose to write the subjects that I write about. And if I have an MO, it's to to take um, a fairly obscure figure, in this case, Noel Field, the Soviet spy in the State Department, and through his journey, tell a much bigger story. So who was Noel Field? And what led him to embrace the Soviet ideology? Uh, Noel Field whizzed through a four-year program at Harvard in two years, so brilliant, uh, got his dream job at the State Department in the Office of Western European Studies. And uh, at the, that very moment, in the late 20s, early 30s, Stalin was looking to to uh, penetrate um, the White House and the State Department and figure out what um, America was going to do to counter the rise of fascism in Europe. The answer was damn little. And Noel Field hated what he saw in Washington, which was racism and uh, bigotry and the U.S. turning its back on the rest of the world, turning its back on refugees, all all the while working at the State Department, started self-radicalizing by uh, reading all the great communist texts, which of course make beautiful reading, you know, the Communist Manifesto and Das Kapital. And this turned Noel Field 
impressionistic, idealistic Harvard guy at the time, um, into um, a, a disillusioned and sort of questing uh, young American who was ripe for conversion. Uh, Kremlin recruiters who saw that this bright, uh, well-bred young man who looked so proper that no one would ever think such a man could be a, a Soviet agent. So when they ca went calling on him, he was more or less ready to answer the call. So through Noel Field's life, I actually felt like I was telling the story of the 20th century. The recent form of Russian infiltration has had the tools of the internet and digital surveillance at its disposal. But Martin's true believer takes place in quite a different era. My book is set in the dark ages before the internet. We're talking about the 30s, where, I mean, the parallels between the 30s and today are, are all too many and frightening, actually. The United States was deeply divided um, between those who, who thought everything was fine and those who were ready to burn the house down and start all over again. Uh, our country, and indeed much of the world, was basically on its knees after the, the uh, 1929 crash of Wall Street. There were 11 million uh, unemployed Americans and social injustices that make today seem mild in comparison. We pivoted a bit and asked Cotty Martin about her late husband, the diplomat Richard Holbrook, and about the importance of diplomacy in this uncertain era in geopolitics. Richard uh, was, of course, all about uh, diplomacy uh, as the most important uh, weapon for uh, our, our interaction worldwide. Uh, diplomacy as opposed to to uh, military engagement. He he thought that we, that diplomacy had been given short shrift in uh, the Obama administration, and I had the great privilege of being with him uh, during his Balkan negotiations in 1995, all the way to his final mission, which was Afghanistan and Pakistan for for Obama. And I think today. Uh, in the age of Trump, he would be rallying Democrats out of their stunned state and, and saying, um, we have got to look at the world not as we wish it to be, so tear up your old position papers, but as it is, there's this global phenomenon now of, of uh, populism, and uh, America has to factor that into its diplomacy. And we, the Democrats were, were living in a kind of a dream world. Obviously, we lost the election. Of course, he would be attacked uh, by by Trump in tweets and whatever, and Trump partisans. But the, the thing about Richard was that he was not a prickly guy. He didn't take stuff personally. He liked arguing his position because he was very good at it. And that's a sort of forceful, clear, uh, smart, based on fact argue, argument that, that is missing today. Finally, we asked Cotty Martin, who began her career as a journalist for NPR and ABC News, about the predicament facing journalists in the age of so-called alternate facts, and what should journalists do now? Authority never likes us. Authority isn't supposed to like us. One of the uh, things I do in my non-writing life is advocate 
for, for journalists worldwide as, as a member of the Committee to Protect Journalists. Trump is using the authoritarian playbook, and uh, Trump clearly needs an enemy. Authoritarians always do, and Hillary Clinton is gone, so he has now chosen the media as his, as his enemy. Can, can I just make a plea that we call alternate facts and fake news by their real name, which is lies? Alternate facts are lies. Fake news are lies. So let's not make it prettier than it than it is. They're lying. And we, the press, far from perfect, but uh, we have to double our, our uh, solidarity among uh, our colleagues and our determination. And we've got to toughen up. You've been listening to a Beyond the Lecture series interview with author and journalist Kadi Martin. You can hear more of the Beyond the Lecture series on SoundCloud and learn more about the American Academy in Berlin at americanacademy.de. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Vimeo. I'm your host, RJ McGill. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.